0: Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrodoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Oh, yes, we are back, baby. The Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast is here. It is the depths of the offseason right now. We are in the eighth Ring of the off season right now. Uh, the draft is over. Uh, some training camps are happening. Some aren't. Some, you know, some, you know, it's it, it's it's a, a free for all.
1: Are there training camps happening?
0: Well, not training camps, <laughs> but like camps. Just camps, OTAs. OTAs. There you go. That's that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. I don't even care to say the right name. That's how deep we are into the off season. And the two voices you hear that are correcting me is, of course, my bro. One of the greatest guys. That's right. I said it again. This is take two. One of the greatest guys, Michael, and another great guy from the North, Matthew Ward. What's up, fellas? What up, team? How's it going, boys? Great. And we want to give a special shout out to Jason. He's not with us today because... um, well, not because, but he's not with us today. And this weekend, he graduated from... Uh, from Cornell University with a law degree, he is a doctor of the judiciary, right? Judiciary wow. doctor, jurisprudence, jurisprudence. Yes. Yeah, so you know. Congrats oh, to the oh, guy, man. Exactly. A word I can't even say. So uh, congratulations to Jason, <laughs> and you know the, the work never stops. He is studying for the bar right now, and that is why he's not with us. So th- that that sounded morbid. That is it, why he's, you keep not saying it, that <laughs> he's not present. That way, it's. That's why he's not present, but. We got Matt, we got Michael, and we got some fun to be had in this episode because we are deep in the offseason. And what are you talking about if you're not having some fun at this point? So we have the storylines and hot takes for the 2022 season coming up. But we also have some news and notes because it's never not uh, NFL news time. Of course. Not only are you getting this podcast wherever you may be listening, but you could also get this podcast on. Just in my humble opinion, uh, you know, this no bias whatsoever, no bias. It's just my humble opinion. The greatest app ever made in the history of the world of all time, the Fantasy Football By Broto app. On the Fantasy Football By Broto app, you have fantasy player cards, fantasy player grades, usage charts, start sit tools, who to draft tools, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers. And I didn't even get to the main focus of the app, statistics and advanced statistics, including exclusive statistics like true throw value, true target value, true performance value, adjusted air yards, and defensive points over average, a.k.a. true defensive ranking. And there's so much more. It's not even funny, and it is free right now. If you are listening to this podcast and you have not downloaded it yet, what are you waiting for, man? The fantasy football by Brodo uh, app is available now, and the reason why it's available for free is because of our lovely, lovely people over at Patreon.com. Those people are going to get be getting this episode a day early, and they get so much. Even now in the offseason, there's so much extra that we could have. Mostly, it's the Discord and the amazing community that is going down in the Discord right now. But we have Broto Leagues being set up soon. Come be in the be in the uh, Patreon. I was going to say Discord. Be in the Patreon, and you can get access to Broto Leagues and build a community. You ever play in Leagues where just like, I don't really know half these dudes, and they don't want to trade? And no, if you're in a Broto League, you're in a poppin' league, and it is one of the greatest features, and there's so much more during the season, like the extra episode and the algorithms that our main man, Santiago Casanova, has cooked up in his math brain. Um, right now, Santiago Santiago Casanova is not on the pod because he's playing chess. He's in a chess tournament. That is a well-rounded individual, that man, casts. He He's also killing the flag football game right now he's like he's he's that's a well-rounded kid and he (laughs) is responsible for also winning a lot of people some money in bets and all of this is available to patreons and we patrons excuse me and we want to thank our patrons who support us so much Um, we have more patrons this off season than we've had in any other off season before by far uh we've had we had more patrons this season than we had ever before by far and we really appreciate your support because with that support we are able to fund this project that we're working on, this this baby, our our the thing that we hold in our hearts dear, uh, the fantasy football by Broto app, and try and give it to the world. And it's with your help that is we that we are able to do this. So if you want to hop on and support us, uh, we'd appreciate it. Patreon.com dot slash Fantasy. And that's my spiel. Spiel, 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 spiel. Where's the what's the what's the root? Good spiel. Thanks, man. Thanks. What's the root of the word spiel? It's a good question. I don't know. Sounds like a, like a I don't know, German Hebrew. Okay, I, I can see German or
2: Hebrew. I can see Hebrew. Yeah. What do you think, man? There's a lot of sh- and sh- in in Hebrew. Yeah, 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 that's
0: true. There's a lot of, but there's a lot of that in German too. My wife's German. There's a there's a there's some of that stuff in German. I don't know. Someone tell there's us some of the Someone tell us out there. Tweet us at BrotoFantasy on Twitter. Spiel. <laughs> yeah, boom. Um, yeah, so let's get into this news, all right, because or else we're just gonna talk about the word spiel all day. We we are Greek, so it's it's very much like uh like, oh you know that word's Greek. Oh, you know that word's Greek. Um when we were growing up, uh by, spiel, by the real Greeks. Late
1: nineteenth century from
0: German Ooh, language.
2: Boom. Wow, popping off. We, we're work, getting started. Tim, we're getting
0: started early. My my in-laws will started be... Started with
2: the language flexes.
0: <laughs> my in-laws would be so proud of me right now. I'm just what can we do? I can't even stress how important this is. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Speaking of important stuff... Uh let's start with uh something that could be fantasy relevant and not only just a little fantasy relevant could have some impact and that is the Saints adding an offensive weapon Jarvis Landry headed to New Orleans. Matt's New Orleans Saints if you didn't know, New Orleans Saints fan. <laughs> um so I want to get your take on this right off the bat, Matt. How do you feel about Jarvis? Do you think it's just like like eh, what what is your temperature on this move?
2: As an NFL fan and a Saints fan, I think it's great for football. I think it's great for Jarvis and great for the team. Fantasy relevance is a little off-putting. I think he probably had a bigger role set for him when he was in Cleveland. Um, Kind of, you know, with OBJ getting faded out of that offense the way that he was, like Jarvis was really the only receiver in that offense when he could stay healthy. So... I think he's going to take a tertiary or secondary role, um, behind a healthy Mike Thomas. Um, but that's something that maybe we'll get into uh, a little bit with the spicy takes later on, in my opinion, on Mike Thomas lately. Oh, Oh, um, but,
0: uh- <laughs> Ooh. cause I go, I really want to know, cause I was about to ask this question cause I got offered Michael Thomas for a late first round pick in one of my dynasty leagues. So I'm, so you can hold on to that, but I'll be curious to see how you're feeling about Michael Thomas and if that would have been, uh, a trade worth exploring because i ended up i ended up uh it's it's still pending so uh you might swing me in one way or the other uh matt is my is my personal dynasty coach i just i just want to put that out there every single trade that i've ever done in dynasty uh since i've known matt i've done with matt's blessing um except except the one that matt and i actually did together yeah i guess that one was with matt's blessing too technically yeah i mean i was
2: i was good with it
0: (laughs) (laughs) michael how do you feel
1: i think i'm I, I kind of agree with Matt here in that as a football fan, it's a cool move. It's a good move. I mean, Jarvis going going back home, and he uh, it's a good addition for the Jameis the now Jameis Winston led New Orleans Saints. But this, from a fantasy standpoint, I absolutely hated it. I mean, it's clearly not great for Chris Olave. It's clearly not great for like Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, because Jarvis Landry is going to command targets one hundred percent. He's not signing with the Saints. To see three targets a game. Like this dude is going to be commanding I'd I'd guess like five to eight targets a game. I don't see him being a twelve target game hog like he was at times in like Miami and in Cleveland when OBJ was out and such, but he's gonna be in there demanding targets. I think Chris Olave is really the might be end up being the odd man out from a rookie impact perspective. Like he'll probably have big games. I just don't see him having those like seven catch, eight catch games. I could see more like three catches, 85 yards, and a touchdown in the games where he actually is, like, fantasy relevant.
0: And someone's yelling at their, whatever they're listening to this on, saying, but Jarvis Landry's a slot receiver, and Chris Olave's on the outside. Like, what are you even talking about? Um, You know, you're talking about from a target perspective and just share of the pot in general. Yeah, I mean. Not not basically like Chris Olave and Jarvis Landry could be on the field at the same time. It's not like Jarvis Landry's going to take Olave's position.
1: Yeah, I mean, I assume they'll all be on the field a decent amount together, but they're still not going to be uh, – unless Jameis Winston comes out slinging, leading league in pass attempts like he was doing that one year where he – what he throw, like over 20 interceptions? for 30, also, and 30. Yeah, 30 and the 30. Thirty, thirty 30 Yeah. 30 club. Yeah. He's pretty, yeah <laughs> unless 30 he's 30-30 Jameis again, it's
2: going to be a interesting. Well, he does have 20-20 vision now. So maybe 30 for 30, 30 Jameis is in the past, but that that's to agree with Mike a little further and kind of touch on that too, is it's so hard to predict what the saints are going to do last year's offense is like, not only is it last year, but it was Taysom Hill at quarterback. It was Marquise Callaway leading the outside for the receivers. It was Sean Payton still calling plays and all of those things are not the same anymore. So it's going to be interesting how they, I guess, turn up or don't turn up their pass volume. And if they do, I think all three receivers could be relevant, um, but in a sense where they're all relevant below their ceiling.
0: I, I feel that. I, I feel what you're saying. Yeah, like too too many cooks in the kitchen. The classic fantasy dilemma. Matt knows about that in real life too. Get out of yeah. my kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's a chef, by the yeah. way, if you don't know. He yeah. doesn't only chef up the the great takes that you're about to hear he also chefs up some solid food which i which i've yet to taste and i'm looking forward to the day when that's going to happen i'm it's going to be a cause, f- phenomenal meal cuz instagram yeah, i like i could almost taste it through the screen to be honest uh anyway um now that i'm mad hungry and my mouth is watering um so deshaun watson it's, it's, it's interesting to talk about Deshaun Watson because, I wouldn't say interesting. Interesting is the, the wrong word. It's um, unfortunate the way that we have to talk about Deshaun Watson because on the one hand, this guy is being evaluated for some like, really fucked up shit um, that he did. Uh, on the other hand, he is the new quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. And, and that dichotomy that we have to talk about, the NFL is also dealing with that dichotomy. And the... And Deshaun Watson himself is dealing with it because he's in the news for two reasons right now. Um, Number one, he's in the news because, like a quarterback, he took his offense on an all-expense-pay trip to the Bahamas to, like, uh, bond with them. He has enough money to do that, obviously. Um, On the other hand, the NFL is going to interview him, and usually when they interview a person who's being... You know, investigated, then that's the final straw before they hand down a sentence. So, you know, depending on what Deshaun Watson says, and depending that what they found in their investigation, and depending honestly on um, the politics that goes around this kind of stuff, you know, Deshaun Watson could be getting suspended. He could be getting a slap on the wrist. And in all, in all, in all of this, um, we have to decide what we're doing as fantasy, you know, analysts and, and people who. Uh, Draft and people who are caring about where Deshaun Watson ends up for multiple reasons. So, you know, how are you? uh, So, I'll ask you, Matt. I know it's gonna be hard to just to separate the two. Um, Let's start with the the legal side of it. What's your what do you think that what do you think the NFL does here? And this, and you know, it's not like we're any of us are insiders. This is just like a just we're talking, you know, shooting the shit. But what do you think? The NFL does based on your experience, um, you know, paying attention to this kind of shit.
2: Yeah, I there's something really interesting that happened in the news that's kind of maybe changed my opinion on what may potentially happen with Deshaun, and that was the Trevor Bauer case, where mm-hmm. it was essentially a very, very similar situation, uh, but not as many people involved. Um, but a very similar situation where Bauer was. Declared innocent in a courtroom and Major League Baseball said, we don't care. We're going to suspend you for two years for, you know, detriment to the league, essentially. And I could see the NFL, especially, you know, with the way that society is and, and social warriors finally getting their due just, uh, I, I could see them putting down a very significant suspension on, on Deshaun Watson.
0: It's interesting because, you know, Trevor Bauer, like you said, was found innocent. And, um, you know, his story is not a lot of people give, you know, not a lot of people give it the time. Um, but if you listen to his story, it's not like the story Deshaun Watson had. Like his story, I think, is is more uh, up for interpretation, like up for debate. This one person doing this one thing. Right. He, he says she's crazy and she's making it up. She says, no, he's not like that's more whether whatever side it is like it's more reasonable than this dude did a lot of shit to a lot of to a lot of women like it's this is not one woman you know this is uh this is a this is a like a serial thing so it's it's interesting mm-hmm. because in you know it's almost it's almost I don't want to compare the two this is such an awkward conversation but like it's it's almost worse
2: it's, it's worse yeah. oh no I got- I do. No, I completely agree. And it wasn't I wasn't necessarily trying to compare the situations as far as like the morality of them by any means, but just in the sense that you saw a governing body of sports take legality into their own hands. It's interesting where they said we will remove your livelihood regardless of what a court decided.
0: Yeah, man, it's it's, it's interesting because like. I think that what you said, like where I wasn't discussing the morality of it. That's what it is, though, because if you're making a, a, a decision outside of the courts, you're making the moral judgment as the governing right. body. Right. So you, it is it is an issue of morale. It's crazy. Um, but despite that. It, you. I mean, is there any is there any positives outside of that? Like if you just now. All right, let's cut that off. And now let's talk about football. Michael, do you think there's any positives about him, like, taking his teammates to the Bahamas or whatever?
1: I mean, I think it's just him trying to be, like, a regular guy, you know, and, like, trying to mesh with his team. But the fact that he—one, uh, Baker Mayfield didn't go, which is funny, because obviously why would he go? But yeah. Baker Mayfield, if he ends up, like, starting the season as a quarterback or if Deshaun Watson gets suspended a year or two, uh, it's going to be very interesting. Ian Rappaport,
0: Ian Rappaport said that on, on Pat McAfee this week, that— It makes sense that that Baker Mayfield will be the week one starter for the Browns. And I'm just going to remind everyone for every single week that I'm on this pod (laughs) that I called this like a month and a half ago.
1: You did. I I was here, yeah. But also, Deshaun Watson just seems like a a real piece of shit. (laughs) Again, I don't know all the facts, but then, you know, I saw today that something came out where they legit shared like a text where he went to get like a massage at a massage parlor and he like exposed himself and the girl started like crying after and he like texted her like confused as to why she was crying and apologized that she started crying rather than apologizing for like exposing himself because he couldn't wrap his head around her not wanting that to happen like he sounds like a real piece of shit <laughs> so like i don't i don't know what what's going to end up being uncovered throughout all of this but the fact like like Matt said Trevor Trevor Bauer getting to year suspension the NFL is not trying to look like little bitches compared to the MLB
2: that that's really my like strongest point to that that takeaway it's I I I just completely agree with Mike I think and and no we we've the governing bodies of the three major sports or four if you count hockey sorry all hockey fans i am canadian um, but of the the you know the four major sports in north america they've never coincided with one another but if there was ever an opportunity for them to do quote unquote the right thing and coincide with one another now would be the time because major league baseball had already has already set that precedent and that there's really no pushback from it. There's not going to be any pushback from the Deshaun if they, even if they suspend him for eight games, six games, with the same that Ezekiel Elliott had. Like I think that, I think that's much more likely than Deshaun being able to walk through this essentially scotch-free.
0: Yeah,
2: I mean, it's, inter-
0: it's 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 an interesting. It's an interesting, and, and,
2: and since we are football, and, and it's the football base, is he's a phenomenal athlete. Yeah, he's he a is. top three player at his position when he's healthy, and he's going to make that team better. Facts, but it, <laughs> facts, facts. But.
0: Yeah. you know, it, it's it's interesting because for many reasons, and we'll you know we'll we'll go on past this because we could talk about this for for a long ass time. Uh, but it's just interesting: is the repercussions. Of it all, because you think about Deshaun Watson's contract is literally signed as if he's going to get a one-year suspension. And if you think about the backlash for the NFL, right, what are you going to get more backlash for? Giving him too short of a suspension or too long of a suspension? Yeah, obviously too short. Too short is what you're going to get the backlash for. So I think this might be a situation where I think Deshaun Watson might be getting a year. To be honest, I don't think we're talking about Deshaun Watson this time. At, you know, this, maybe we're talking about Deshaun Watson again this time next year, but I really think a year is coming down the pipe. I, I think that's what we're looking at. Um, speaking of year, this is this one's sad, man. I don't know if you read. Matt, did you read the Tariq Cohen uh, Players' Tribune article?
2: Oh, man. Yeah, I did. Bro, like, I'm t- tears. tears. I know, man.
0: Really, really fucked up was what happened to Tariq Cohen. Um, go check that out. You should hear the words coming from him, not me, but, um, yeah, absolutely. Also very well written. And then make sure you get to the end because the editor's note, you know, rips your heart out even further. And then Mm -hmm. if you you already weren't, your heart wasn't already ripped out, you know, Tariq Cohen ruptures his Achilles on, on his comeback trail. That's probably it for him in terms of the NFL. Um, this is now the second straight injury and, you know, he's already small to begin with. So, um, you know this is probably the end of tariq cohen but i hope he finds and, pizza peace and happiness
2: yeah. and he was training on his own time too like it was literally on his own field on his own instagram live kind of trying to get a little bit more hype like check me out i'm healthy because he got cut by the bears he's not on and like he wasn't he wasn't injured or while training for an nfl team which just like to me that just compounds the man like all he all the effort that he put in and he put it in on his own you know like with no help from anybody and that to happen to him is just absolutely brutal,
0: Mike.
1: No, I agree. I mean, it's super sad. It's a, it's a terrible situation that Terry Cohen got put into. Like basically all the circumstances. That you watch, read the article, and you'll you'll understand. Like Mike, it's, it's Mike, even too much to like discuss. Yeah, you trying to go through all of it.
0: You must feel it even harder than most. Yeah, Terry Cohen is
1: a is a twin. Yeah, as well. I mean, yeah, read the article, but it's a. It's devastating for him to uh, to now get injured again after like getting his way back to where he was and especially now he doesn't have a contract either at this point. It's it's upsetting.
0: Tariq, we're on your side, man. If you want to ever be part of the Broad of Fantasy Football Podcast, you let us know. Um Irv Smith running at full speed, he's in a pretty interesting situation because he was kind of the sleeper uh, guy who's going to pop last year and then Two things happened. First, his coach came out and said, "No, no, 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 no." Irv Smith, fuck that guy. Look at this guy, Tyler Conklin, right? And then he gets injured. So Irv Smith's stock last year was more up and down than Target. Am I right, stock hey, nerds? Um, so you know, Tariq. So Irv Smith running at full speed now looks like he's ready to make a full recovery. Different coaching staff. Um, but basically the same offensive personnel. Mike, I'll start with you because I keep asking Matt all the questions because I'm like facing him on the computer. Sure. Um, how do you feel about Irv Smith? Is he a guy that you're you're keeping an eye on? Look, I like Irv Smith.
1: I also think it's uh, May, and I hate these headlines. <laughs> like Paris Campbell says he's 100%. What's he supposed to say? That he's, Like what is, oh, is Paris X- Campbell supposed to say? He's
0: been 100% many times in his career and he's yet to play more than like three games yo could i just say that michael not only i went to him first one time and not only did he completely hijack it he just completely (laughs) shit on the next headline in in the process of shitting on this headline i've had enough (laughs) i didn't even say it yet
1: Uh, i didn't even say it i mean i'm just saying like that that type of shit is what uh (laughs) it's just like people need to
2: need to chill no, uh, it is May. Like there, there is a little bit of come down time. I, I mean, when you, see, the problem is when people overreact to that stuff. When they're like, Irv Smith's running a hundred percent. He's he's the new, you know. He's going to see ten targets a game or eight targets a game. We're talking about a tight end here. But there is something kind of interesting in that, like." Vikings are running the same personnel, exactly like you said, Like meaning they didn't add wide receiver depth. They didn't add anybody to catch more passes or to take targets away or to earn targets when an aging Adam Thielen is coming off an injury, right? They like the team that they have. So... Irv Smith might be something that we thought he was going to be last year, this year. But again, I'm I'm 100 with Mike. There, it's May, man. Like I, I want to see him run 100 percent of his routes on the field.
1: Yeah, let's get to let's get to like preseason first before we get like super hyped for Irv Smith again. But I know, like, I already saw someone. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shit on him now because. It's early. Let them do what they want. But like clout chasing on Twitter and tweeting things like Irv Smith, top 10 tight end. You saw it here first because it's a win win situation. Either Irv Smith ends top 10 and you could call back on it or he doesn't end top 10. Like nobody really expects to happen. And that tweet got lost in eternity and no one's going to ever bring it up again. It's just things like that. That's what most (laughs) people are doing on fantasy Twitter these days.
0: Uh, where, where do we even start in this segment? Irv Smith. Irv Smith. I like the prospect of Irv Smith this year. Michael, guaranteed top 10. You know what? You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> you heard it here first. You heard it here second. Um, Paris, <laughs> Paris Campbell uh, is fully healthy, but Michael already told you that. Uh, yeah, I don't trust Paris Campbell. Yeah, I'm sorry. I as forgot Paris Campbell
1: out. was on the docket because I don't think we really should be discussing and Paris Campbell. Absolutely. All right, last
0: storyline before we get into these hot takes. I mean, uh, last... Uh, not, that was not it. Last news item before we get to storylines and hot takes there you go tim you get it together kid um attaboy dalvin cook has been taking snaps of wide receiver during otas and i'm gonna tell you this when matt told me because we were you know we were putting together the headlines before the show when matt told me uh this one he told me with excitement this guy was (laughs) this guy lost his mind so i'm gonna let you i'm gonna let you uh start this one off Matt. (laughs) tell us about it well
2: preface it with it is May yes. <laughs> so preface it with that first but again it, it kind of just to reiterate my point is the Vikings didn't add anybody it's it's Justin Jefferson it's an aging Adam Thielen and it's Amir Smith-Marset like that that's the receiving core Um. and Cook has been running a lot of routes um, from the wide receiver and catching passes from Cousins and OTAs and he actually was the one that shared it like as a news piece like I'm running at wide receiver this year. Watch out. So cook, you know, he's, he's obviously a great pass catcher. He's a great running back. I think Vikings have good depth in the backfield. We've seen Madison can step in and and handle a full workload for multiple weeks at a time and put up really good numbers. Um, You know, they added Ty Chandler who we kind of like, or I kind of like as a, as a stash, but yeah, it, T- taper expectations at this time of the year for any news, but I think that's really interesting. And, and it, much like I kind of had a bit of a positive vibe about Irv Smith. I think there is a legitimate opportunity that if the Vikings in their new coaching staff up the passing game to try to up the scoring, like we saw them lose eight games by one score, mm-hmm. try to up their scoring um, then Dalvin cook's going to be a big benefactor of that. All right. So let's get into our segment
0: then. Storylines and hot, take. we, hot takes. We each prepared three storylines slash hot takes for the 2022 season. Now, these hot takes are going to be flamey, but they're not really going to be super flamey. They got to be a, a nice storyline that you actually could believe, you know, you believe in somewhat. You know, it's going to be based in some sort of fact,
1: reality.
0: You know, Mike. Heated with logic. That's exactly. Right. Heated with logic. I love it. So, Michael, you know, I don't know if you guys know this, but Michael used to have a nickname. In uh, in middle school, uh, he used to walk around, and he used to his hair used to p- spike up, but not really spike up. He used to be like it, looked, it used to look like a flame, so they used to call him Johnny Johnny Flame. And Michael used to walk on the hallways in, in middle school, and his name was Johnny Flame. So Johnny Flame. I meant Johnny Storm. Yeah, Tim. I have uh, no idea what just happened, but <laughs>
1: no, I have never actually been called Johnny Flame or Johnny Storm. And my hair did not look like fire. Why are you lying to the people, bro? Why are you lying, bro? It was an odd joke. Behind the scenes, we paused for like three minutes for Tim to find that video. None yeah. of it makes any sense.
0: <laughs> Honestly, I just wanted to get the, the. I just wanted to get the guy saying flame on. That's all I wanted. But Anywho. apparently, that video doesn't Tim, exist. Tim, enough. It's Johnny Storm's time to talk. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, hot takes. Right. What are your hot takes? My first hot take We're a fantasy show folks so I want to keep it fantasy for the first one at least No shit But not just a player We're An overall trend Everyone knows I'm a big wide receiver heavy guy I've had a lot of success with that strategy I, I like to go wide receivers early Often get good wide receivers to build my team around And I think that's gaining more steam these days So, my hot take is that next season, the 2023 NFL drafts, fantasy drafts, we revert back to the OBJ days, where OBJ was the number one overall pick. And we have a wide receiver as the number one overall ADP, rather than a running back. And three of the top five players selected are wide receivers.
0: Interesting. So, who do you think it could be in that conversation?
1: Definitely Jefferson and Chase. And then the third one, we'll see who blossoms this year. I don't think it's gonna. I'd be surprised if it's. I could see cup maybe. I'd be surprised if it's Devante Hooper. with Derek Carr being a top five pick, but maybe another wide receiver blossoms. Maybe a uh, CD Lamb takes that huge step up. I can see it being CD Lamb, um, but I think three of the top five picks next year in ADP are going to be wide
0: receivers. All right, Mike. You know what? I'm, I'm. I was gonna let Matt go second, but I, I want to go second because you know why? I have a direct. I have a direct like missile to your theory. I'm better than your fantasy, so go ahead. I think 2023 Oh Michael, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Can you just like rub my hands cuz they're tired from the rings? They're tired from the rings. And I know your your hands are super light. <laughs> so like uh, oh, my bad, my bad. So 2022 <laughs> will be the year that the running back rises once again. Are you kidding right now? You literally takes, went the exact opposite yes, direction. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and takes his rightful place on the throne of fantasy football again. I will tell you right now. Let me p- just say, this wasn't planned. No, it wasn't. No, we didn't. we don't know each other's hot takes. 2022. I mean, 2021 was a fluke. So many injuries. So much... So much newness when it came to the quarterback position to head coaches there was just so much that was inconsistent last season in fact last season was one of the hardest off seasons to predict anything because of so much upturn like just you gotta remember there were five quarterbacks picked in the first 15 picks last year all of which predicted to be starters Three of which actually started on, on one. And there was a sixth one that came out. That doesn't even count the, the quarterbacks that changed teams and the quarterbacks that, that did different things for different places. Matt Stafford, Joe Burrow coming back. There was just so much newness. And, and there was a turning of the guard, or a, a, a leaf turn. I, th- I feel like with Tom Brady's retirement, that was the last straw of a dying, uh, the dying old generation. But Tom Brady's back. But still, it's like a turning of a new leaf, and I think this year you're going to see more consistency. Like, look at these names, and I can make a I can make a a point that these names should go all in a row to begin the draft: Jonathan Taylor, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler. You're gonna. This is gonna be. I think it's only May, but I think this is gonna be the first year where I don't talk shit about Joe Mixon. Najee Harris has a ridiculous amount of work. Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley has not De- DeAndre Swift in his third season. Aaron Jones in a Devontae list offense. Cam Akers coming back. J.K. Dobbins coming back. Travis Etienne coming back. David Montgomery, Brees Hall, who I'm going to talk about later, and I even I've even mentioned Leonard Fournette, James Conner. Like these guys are difference makers. Difference makers. And they, it was just a an up and down year last year. And that doesn't, and I, I didn't even mention guys that are rookies, like Kenneth Walker, or guys in timeshares that might take Don't get me started that next step, Walker. like um, what? Uh, Javante. Javante, yes. Elijah Mitchell. Everyone, who's, who's worried about this running back that they, that they picked? A little bit. I'm a little worried. I think he's going to take his goal line work. But Elijah Mitchell is still going to be the guy in, a, in that offense. I am extremely excited about these running backs this year. I think that running backs are going to be one of the, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. Like, I would love to, to pick at the end of the first round this year. Because I can't wait for stupid people to take wide receivers way too early. So I can get all the running backs for myself. <laughs> and then I could take one of these receivers that have a bunch of potential in the middle rounds because there's so much receiver talent. And me and Michael just completely disagreed one thousand percent. Yeah. Polar opposite side of an argument. But bro, I'm telling you right
1: now, Kenneth Walker's current ADP has to be one of the biggest jokes I've ever seen in my life.
2: Yeah, I'm not.
0: He went no. he went seven two in your guys' uh the fact uh, that
1: he's even a top 100 pick right now is legit mind-boggling and hilarious, and this is why people lose a fantasy football. <laughs> I got to start drafting again.
0: I will say though, with with all that being said, if I get like a uh, an early pick, I'm definitely gonna be going seesaw running back because I think there's gonna be a lot of value to be had. One, I'm tell one of my favorite players this year is gonna be Tony, Tony Pollard. I feel like I feel like Tony Pollard's gonna have a, a role that's in the
2: That's an interesting
0: name, Tim.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'll 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 wait for another another hot take, but, but this is funny. But
0: oh. we'll oh. see we'll see. Uh, Matt, we've started off steamy. <laughs> Can you keep us in the flames, baby?
2: I think so. I think so. I'm going to go a little away from the game theory. Maybe come back to it with a hot take later that I think might be a trend coming up. Um, but I'll touch on the one that I kind of you know teased a little earlier in the episode, and I think the Saints are making moves to live life and operate without michael thomas as an alpha receiver anymore. Oh. i still think he's going to be on the team which i have kind of gotten warmer to where even as a saints fan throughout this entire off season, up until about a couple weeks ago i was almost certain that michael thomas would never play another snap for the team again um the way that they moved mountains to get any wide receiver prospect like there you got you have to know watching the way that the board fell that the saints didn't have Olave as their number one wide receiver on the board, but they did have him as a first round grade or whatever. So they moved mountains to get a receiver in there that they think can develop into something special. Um, they brought Jarvis Landry in. It, it is a minimal contract, but he'll get paid more. I guess it's three million, but with three million in incentives as well. So a six million dollar prove it deal. He'll. I've seen the incentives; they're very low. Like expecting what we said earlier to occur. I think Jarvis Landry will have a role where he maintains six or seven targets a game and should be able to hit those incentives. So it's a six million dollar deal, which isn't like oh we're we're afraid that this guy is not going to be able to produce in in Thomas. But I do think it's saying something. I think it's saying that we need to bring in a rookie wide receiver for life afterwards we need another big bodied guy that can run short yard slants and take it to the house like Landry and Thomas are such similar players too which is where things get really interesting when you start thinking about how that offense is going to function um so yeah I I don't really think that Michael Thomas is going to finish as a top 12 wide receiver uh, it, even if he plays an entire healthy season, I think that ankle is a serious concern, especially when you think about the way that he wins and the way that he gets separation is off of really quick cuts. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very concerned for Michael Thomas's fantasy future and unfortunately for my team's future without him.
0: So I'm guessing that you would advise me to not trade my first-round pick for Michael Thomas. Yeah,
2: that's where that was coming around. And I mean, a late pick too is like I was buying a lot of Michael Thomas on the downturn, but I was getting it for like a second or a second and a third for people that were really like stingy about it. It's like, whatever, I'll toss in a third, give me MT Um, a first round pick with the way that variance works too. Like you could have the best team on paper. It's one injury away from you finishing first or finishing fifth and still making the playoffs. And if you have a top seven pick in 2023, you have a legitimate franchise altering asset. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm-hmm. It looks like I'm not accepting this this deal. No way. Yeah,
2: I, it's it's tough, and and I mean it's tough to know that MT isn't. And it, you know, there was a, a big circular thing where it's like he was valued way too low on all of the market consensus, like keep trade cut and the DTC calculator. He was valued way too low, but people have kind of gotten smart to that and brought in his value up to a point where I think that's probably correct. Like having him as a wide receiver, twenty six. In dynasty, like I'm not mad at that.
0: It's it's, it's, it's interesting because this is also a new coaching staff. Uh, so you know, Sean Payton obviously liked the guy, and
2: but you know, I mean, and Dennis, Drew liked throwing short facts. Like yeah. it's it's different.
0: Yeah, it is, and and you know, Dennis Allen is a different. He was in the building, but you know, what if he's like, yo, fuck this guy, Mike Thomas. So this is, he can he could eat it. You know. Well, and
2: and look at what Dennis Allen did with his first ever draft pick yeah he traded essentially three first birth of value for chris Olave. like it might not be a fuck this mike thomas guy but it's definitely like that's my wide receiver one right like that's that's the kid that's his kid
0: and especially because he plays the same role as mike thomas like if there's a a a good you know like a good
2: Comp. Yeah, it's comp. Mike Thomas they're from the, yeah. the Ohio State, like the come up they you know, yards per team pass attempt in college. They're very similar. MT's big. Yeah. Like he's obviously bigger than Olave, but yeah, like they're the
0: The same kind of process. It, it's
2: essentially exactly and it's essentially a thing where if Dennis Allen is playing it correctly you're just going to like, it's a switch and swap. You're just going to function in the same way. And now you have Mike Thomas. Like, do you know what I mean? It's Olave's should take over a huge role in his rookie season. Otherwise that was a ridiculous waste of draft capital. Oh boy. It's not like, that's not a position where you just develop a guy slowly.
0: (laughs) Yeah. All right. We started hot. Oh, that round one was spicy, baby. But we got round two for you. And round two is like, it's not exactly the appetizer, but it's not the the main course either. It's like a, it's like a meatball.
1: Spicy
0: meat <laughs> <laughs> I fucked up. With hey, All right. Uh, Matt could, can't hear anything. So he's probably just like, what the hell's going on? Um... <laughs> All right, so, uh, you know, let's uh, let's switch up the order a little bit right now. Michael, no, we're not switching up the order. This is the order we went in. But, Michael, you go first because we haven't heard from you.
1: I'll go first. My uh, my second hot take, this is funny, Tim, because this is what I was uh, mentioning about Tony, Tony Pollard before. My second hot take is that Ezekiel Elliott reclaims his top five. Ooh. Running back status. Wow! Wow. That's ex- spicy.
0: I was expecting the other like way. I was expecting Michael to say Tony Pollard takes over for Zeke. Bro, Ezekiel Elliott, in my opinion, his
1: ADP is a joke. The fact that he's being drafted. You could get Zeke in like the third or fourth round right now, depending on drafts, is mind-boggling to me. Uh, he – look – the the Cowboys have have an out after the season in the Zeke contract. They're gonna have to eat like ten million dollars in dead cap if they do wanna get rid of him after this season. But they either get rid of him and cut ten million or they keep him and pay him anyways for two more years after. But there's no reason at all not to keep running Zeke into the ground if you're the Cowboys. And I know everyone thinks yep. Tony Pollard is a better player. And advanced stats may say Tony Pollard's more effective and Tony Pollard looked like he had more juice last season. None of that is really debatable. But none of that has ever made the Cowboys say, let's play Tony Pollard more than Zeke. Zeke continues to be the main guy. And Zeke was pretty solid to start the year last year. And then he, uh, he got hurt in week four and played through an injury the whole rest of the season. It's not like he was just straight up trash the entire season just because he was trash. He was also playing through injury. And we've seen Zeke... Like, even if he isn't one of the best running backs in the league anymore, if he's getting 20-plus touches a game, whether it's uh, rushes or receiving, maybe he gets even more receiving work next season with with Amari Cooper gone, then we could see Zeke reclaiming his role as a top-five running back. And it's not like Tony Pollard is going to be the guy stealing the touchdowns either. We just need Zeke to basically be average Zeke, and we could see him... uh, being worth a first round pick this season again. So Zeke is one of my favorite picks
0: currently at ADP. It's spicy. Just spicy meet the ball. I mean, I would love to get me some Zeke in the third round. That's it, that would be the perfect opportunity. If I can get like it's <coughs> gonna sound like blasphemy, but if I can get like Joe Mixon and then like <laughs> uh The man loves Mixon now. I mean but I'm thinking about like late round running backs or if I can get like an Austin Eckler and then I can get, like, a wide receiver one. That would be in the second round. Someone help me out thinking this off the top of Or my you hand. could
1: even get Saquon in round three these days, too, sometimes. Yeah, but I'm not trying to –
0: if I could do – you know what? I was, let's say this. If I could do Austin Eckler and then on the turn come back, get C.D. Lamb, and then come back and get Zeke, I would love that. In fact, the reason I would love that is because of my second hot take, Transition Master. What what What? <laughs> I think – CD Lamb is about to break fantasy football. CD Lamb is about to go CD ham on every single person. CD's nuts breakout. CD's nuts. Exactly. Because CD is about to go. He's about to steal fantasy championships faster than he stole his girl's phone. Stole his phone from his girl's hand on fantasy day.
2: Ours. Right, on draft day.
0: I'm fucked that up, but it's bars anyway. All right? All right, Michael? Because CD Lamb I don't think you guys remember because no one's making a big deal out of it. I actually heard on a fantasy podcast that I respect, oh, you know, Amari Cooper is gone, but, you know, that shouldn't have been really big. What the hell are you talking about? Amari Cooper led the team in snap percentage. He was just behind CeeDee Lamb in target percentage, and CeeDee Lamb only had 18.5% of the targets last year. That's it. He didn't even have 20% of the targets. He is going to go to the next level. He's in a prolific offense with a prolific quarterback, with a prolific running game. They just drafted to improve the O-line that needed to be approved. Now, is that a guarantee? No, but they at least put the resources towards that. And the Cowboys always have a pretty good offensive line. On top of that, they're a good defense. This is a good team, and they are going to score points and CD Lamb is going to have to fill a giant gap and and by the way you have an unproven rookie on the other side and you have a Michael Gallup who I don't even think is running at full speed yet shouts to Paris Campbell so like <laughs> so like I don't know why people aren't talking more about this you know what it is it's the it's the hangover this is something that gets fantasy players every year and and it needs to end the hangover where The guy last year disappointed. C.D. Lamb was a disappointment for where he was being drafted, no doubt about it. But at the same time, he broke out. It was his second year, and he was on a high-power offense, and he played well, and this year he takes a step into that number one territory. Give me all of that. And not to mention, he's with a head coach. That, who did he make into a number one wide receiver who started as a number two wide receiver behind a very Jordy Nelson-like Amari Cooper? Um, Devontae Adams. Give me all of that shit. I want to bathe in it. I want to I'll give me. I want to eat all the lamb. All right, I want to make lamb, no mint jelly, just lamb. By the way, if you put mint jelly on your lamb, me and you we're going to fight. Because mint jelly on lamb is a Max. travesty.
2: I ain't want nothing but Dijon and breadcrumbs, son. Okay, Dijon, I
0: don't like nice. mustard, but if you like mustard, I accept. For me, I'm Greek, so it's just salt, pepper, oregano. <laughs> salt pepper oregano and lemon <laughs> CD lamb just like, like that the French like it, it, uh, you know if that's how the French do yeah. it I like the French even more nowadays <laughs> boom and my sister-in-law is French I actually like my future sister-in-law
2: and man I, I would like to debate with either one of those hot takes but I honestly can't like nobody loves CD more than me like you know that that was that was how I got the job like <laughs> um, yeah and, and I and I agree I, I think CD I mean if basically I'm not one for vacated targets. Like, it's something that I don't necessarily subscribe to. It is a real stat, though. So, for people that say that it's false or just, like, patently wrong, it's a real thing. If Amari Cooper got 113 targets and he left, there are 113 targets that were vacated. Like, that's a real stat. So, I'm not... Matt. Now, the whole point to that is, can City maintain a... 22.5 22 and a half above percent target share with everybody else in the offense. And I think that's absolutely possible. I think with the way that, Dallas kind of turned down their passing volume from the year before while Dak was recovering still from that injury um, in his first season back on the field in full. And then as you saw towards the end of the season where they started to struggle, it was kind of leaning more towards the run game. And once they opened up the pass again, they put up 45 points. So, yeah, if Dallas kind of reverts a bit back to that pass happy offense that we saw when Dak was putting up unfathomable you know, first four weeks of the season, um, then there's no way that I don't think CD Lamb is the main benefactor of that and should translate into a top twelve wide receiver in fantasy.
0: Boom. Matt is like boom boomed on my hot take, scorched it, I set the fire, and he cooked the lamb. I mean, I'm I'm all about
1: it too. I did just say that I think CeeDee Lamb could be
0: one of the uh three and then, receivers in the top five next year. And then Michael sees in the lamb. Yeah. With some Dijon breadcrumbs, salt, pepper, oregano, Let's and lemon all together. What's up? All lemon right. Jelly, Matt, you are up next. What is your second hot take?
2: Okay. This one's kind of hot. And it's definitely a dynasty-based take, too. So since you've given me that little nice. rookie encyclopedia moniker, I've, I've really you know tried to own it. Nice. Um, out of all of the quarterbacks that were drafted – In 2022, all the way from Kenny Pickett to Sam Howell and Bailey Zappi, I think Desmond Ritter starts and finishes above the ball.
0: Ooh.
2: Desmond Ritter, huh? I think Desmond Ritter starts week one. I think he beats Mariota out. I think Ritter starts week one. I think the only games that Mariota starts are injury games. um, If Ritter were to happen to have to miss time. And I think... If he starts, which obviously I believe in, he finishes above Kenny Pickett. His fantasy upside is much, his profile in general is much more fantasy friendly than Kenny Pickett, especially a Kenny Pickett in a Steelers offense. Hmm. Uh... And and as far as the other quarterbacks, like we're not seeing Malik Willis start over Tannehill. You're not going to see that. You're not going to see Malik play a game. There's another hot take. We'll keep that into this one, <laughs> but you're not going to see Malik Willis start a game this season. And that was somebody I that I was really high on, but not going to see it. Matt Corral. I think obviously Matt Corral can beat out Sam Darnold for that starting role. I don't think that's really a question, but if you're putting them side by side and Ritter starts 17 games and Corral starts 17 games, there's no way that Ritter doesn't finish ahead of him. And I feel the same way about Kenny Pickett.
0: Interesting. I, you know what, I, am I, I, gonna be, I'm gonna be your cheerleader on this one because I kind of see what you're seeing. I mean, in terms of who has the chance to start, I think Desmond Ritter has the best chance to start of all of them. If you're telling me, I mean, Ryan Tannehill literally beat out Marcus Mariota for his job, so that's a that's a superior quarterback, yeah. <laughs> you know, and and Malik Willis, you know, is again fell to the third round. Desmond Ritter went before Malik Willis. I just think that it's that team is in transition. The Titans are more of a, you know, they're they're a contender. They're not a quarterback away. The te- the Falcons are more in transition, so it it just makes more sense. But I will also take this opportunity to give some Sam Darnold propaganda, because I also Again. believe that while Matt Correll right, might be a good player, I think what might happen as well. Is that when you put Sam Darnold next to Matt Corral, you kind of elevate the fact that Sam Darnold's much better, and that like this guy is this guy is a victim of circumstance, and that he actually deserves a fair chance. Tim,
2: shut actually, up. I do see what you mean, though. I think side by side as quarterbacks for what they could do for that team, it's like it might be hard to argue that Matt Corral could get them more wins.
0: Yeah, I agree. Especially now that they added Charles Cross, like give give the man a chance at one time with a healthy Christian McCaffrey. Man, Charles with,
2: Cross is such a beast.
0: Man, like give him one chance. You saw how I, I know Quentin Nelson is a give Sam Donald one chance in his sixth season, one chance ever <laughs> in bro, six season. First of all, Shut it's up. not his sixth season; it's his fourth season. Get your shit together. Second, it's at of least all, his fifth. Fifth, it's his fifth season because he got the. But second of all, bro, he had a great second year. He had a very good second year. He Great. Had a, yeah. Well, he and he also was the let's 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 just mm. recap real quick. He went from the youngest quarterback to ever start a football game, ever. Still, still holding the record. Probably gonna have the record for a long time. The youngest player ever. The youngest quarterback ever to start a football game. And then he goes to the Jets and Adam Gase. He actually has a good second season. And then he gets hurt. Adam Tim, Gase. I'm very. Sucks.
1: Very tired of your Sam Darnold. And then propaganda. last year I've heard it enough. His
0: offensive coordinator got fired ten games into the season. And you're gonna blame the guy. If I didn't
1: know any better, I think like you were on Sam Darnold's payroll. I might be. I, you know
0: what? Sam Darnold, you want to invest in Brodo? Well, holla at me. <laughs> yeah. Holler at open. me. In that we'll, case, we'll start all Sam fr- Darnold, <laughs> Panthers. <laughs> yeah. Yo, Sam Darnold if he's got nothing else, he's got money to burn. They gave they they hit that fifth year option with the quickness. All right we got one more hot take to go. This time, the entire room is on fire.
1: I'm glad we don't have to go through any of these any more of these transitions after this episode. You <laughs> like that
0: one? Like the roof is on fire and hot in here t- combined into one the the hot in here. Video. I've never seen that in my life. Is that like you've never thing? seen the hot in here video? I've never seen it combined like that. Nah, that's just a that's just a that's just a part of the hot in here video. Oh, is it really? Yeah, so it's like a little skit in
1: the middle. Isn't that like Cedric the Entertainer? Is that who that was? Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: one of the kings <laughs> of great. comedy. Get it together, Michael. Get it together. Get your shit together. Cedric the Entertainer is a funny guy. Um, all right, so, Michael, it is your final one. My final one,
1: my final hot take is that Michael Pittman Jr. ends as a wide receiver three or worse this year.
2: What? Yes. That's madness. The fact that Michael <laughs> Pittman. I'm tired of your Michael Pittman <laughs> slander.
1: The funny thing is I loved Michael Pittman coming out of he college. He really did.
0: He wanted the Jets to draft him I wanted him the Jets so to draft bad. him so
1: bad, and then they got Denzel Mims instead,
0: and we all know how that turned out.
1: Apparently Denzel
0: think, Mims came to camp looking real good. I just shut up. Just put shut that, up. Just that out
1: Denzel there. Mims and Sam Darnold are like your parents. You Can't talk bad
0: about them. <laughs> no, I mean I don't really care about Mims. I'm just, saying, I'm, just, I'm just saying.
1: But uh yeah, Michael Pittman. Um he's just the fact that his current ADP is wide receiver fourteen is absolutely mind boggling to me. I do not see this guy ending as a wide receiver one. I know Matt Ryan is uh is the QB in Indy now, but they're going to continue to be a run first team. With, uh, with Jonathan Taylor at the helm, I expect Matt Ryan to... One, Matt Ryan has been on the decline for years now. Tim is like Matt Ryan's number one hater. He could, he'll could he back me up on that. It's not like Matt Ryan is a huge upgrade from
0: what Carson Wentz was last year. I don't really I expect am, him to be. I'm, can I say something real quick? I'm sorry for cutting you off here. But Carson Wentz was not nearly as bad as people made him out to be last year. The problem is Carson Wentz was bad in big spots. So his bad got egg elevated, but he was not that bad last year. That team got he, hot in the he middle. He threw
2: four shovel interceptions.
0: Do you, yeah, you guys he remember that? Great. <laughs> Look, Yeah, I mean, he wasn't great. He kept doing it. Am, am I saying he was great? I'm not saying that. But he also had, like, what, a total of six interceptions. You know, like, it, it was not like he played a bad year. It was a, it was a good offense. He played his role within the offense. Matt Ryan is a worse version of Carson Wentz in every way. Matt Ryan okay, is worse than Carson. Yeah, man, come on, Matt. Jeez. Yo, Matt Ryan is worse than Carson Wentz. Look, one hundred percent. I you are better. Are you talking off about right now? Right at this exact moment. Right, I thought you were moment. like comparing their careers for me. No, come on, bro. Come on. This I'm obviously not This exact not moment, stupid. I think
1: Wentz and Ryan are likely comparable quarterbacks. I would give Matt Ryan the slight edge, but I don't see this huge jump coming from the indie offense from what we've seen from. Phillip Rivers two years ago and Carson Wentz last year. No chance. And Michael Pittman, yeah, he's a good receiver. But that's my issue with Michael Pittman is that I think he is just a good receiver. I don't see Michael Pittman. Like, I don't watch Michael Pittman and I think this guy is a star or this guy has game-changing type abilities for an offense. I think he was just – he was thrust into 100-plus targets. And he may very well see 100-plus targets again, but – Look, I think this team is going to be run centric. They're going to spread the ball around on offense. Um, maybe Moali Cox or the tight end, whoever ends up playing tight end often for Indy, has a big year since Matt Ryan typically really wants to throw it to their uh, throw it to the tight end position. Um, but I just I don't see Michael Pittman having this monster season like being drafted as a top fifteen wide receiver. Is something I definitely can't get behind. And maybe maybe not top. Maybe he. If he plays the full season, like healthy, he'll end up being a top twenty-four receiver. But I'm going to say he'll be outside the top twenty-four receivers in points per game. So points per game, not overall.
2: Okay, all right. I, I yeah, you, you now see, you're, you're stretching a you, line. Yeah, a you see huh. how huh. I just Michael.
0: don't think <laughs> you see how Michael did that. You see how Michael did I mean, that. That's Michael Pittman does. ended. Like, this is why Michael wins the best, Stop, oh, because he does things like what? that.
1: This he was wide receiver
2: 17 in hey, the second season. Look, you're exactly. smart.
1: Exactly, and where was he in points per game? I got I to gotta pull this up. Let me open the Broto app and check because oh, it's easy to check those things on the Broto app. Cheap but just because he was wide My, receiver 17, he, what? He saw
2: 129 that. <laughs> targets from Carson Wentz.
0: Yeah, I'm, 1, I'm 1, well aware.
2: 1,082 yards, 12 TDs.
0: I will say 1,082 yards on that many targets. Yeah,
2: he. the reason
1: he got so much hype in the middle of the year, too, is because he got hot catching touchdowns as well. Yep. Touchdowns are not... The stickiest. Stat. I mean, 12,
2: 12 TDs is is probably his absolute ceiling of repeat, or yeah. six TDs is probably he was, his absolute ceiling. I was
1: twenty seventh in PPR points per game. Shines that a lot less shiny than seventeenth overall finish. I did a report last year of, uh points per game to overall finish report. I'm probably going to do that again this year. But that's, that's a really good. That's going to be that's highlighted. That's a really
2: good one actually. Go back in the archives and check that article out. It's actually awesome. So
0: why don't you explain to the people, I know we're getting a little late, but why don't you explain to people, like, what what the difference is? Just in case oh, they don't like know. Michael like, Michael
1: Pittman ended as a 17th overall wide receiver in terms of points among all wide receivers. Um, that includes every single game played for every single player, whether they played eight games or ten games or the full season, like Michael Pittman did. Um, and points per game is just the average amount of points they scored per game. So the players who played eight or ten games aren't penalized when it comes to looking at the uh, the total points scored.
0: Points per opportunity, excluding touchdowns, twenty ninth. I, I I have, That's, but I have you know he only had, he only had target six. value
1: of twenty fifth. Everything, outside of overall finish, basically outside the top twenty four, and I think that continues Everything. into next yep. year. Oh, so Michael. I think he's being uh, overdrafted right now. Wide receiver fourteen.
0: So Michael went negative, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch it up and I'll go positive. Me and Tim are just opposite of each other the entire day. Yes, but you know what? Call me a homer. I don't care. You can call me a Homer. I'll call you a Simpson. Brum, boom. Come on, Brees Hall will finish as a top five running back in fantasy football this year. Bada wow. boom, bada bing, bada bing, bada boom, bada bop. We are getting spicy. We are getting spicy, but here's why: Brees Hall has entered a situation where he can be the man. Bryce Hall has entered a situation where he can be the offense. And he's also entered a situation where he had not only the former defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers, but also the former passing game slash offensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. Excuse me, the running. Which one was LaFleur? Running or passing? I can't remember which one. Passing. Anyway, passing. I was right the first time. Either way, a guy who was in the 49ers rushing system. Matt Lafleur, who had many games of success with running backs like Ty Johnson and Michael Carter, in, in a fourth-round rookie, Michael Carter, Tevin Coleman, right,
2: LaMichael Piron. like
0: these are guys who had actual success in this system.
2: Don't forget about Don't forget about all the wide back plays that they ran with Braxton Berrios. Boom, the goat Braxton. I Barrios. mean, they were nice. You, they were nice with it. I'm gonna tell you this:
0: Najee Harris's work last year, junior. Like this is the guy who's going to touch the ball 200 times, no doubt about it. No, absolutely no doubt about it. At least I wouldn't be surprised if he touched the ball 300 times. No, I, I think Najee
2: had like 380 touches yeah. last yeah. year. Yeah,
0: I would. I would say. <laughs> so, I would put it at like 275 over under.
2: If, if Brees Hall gets That's 270 lot. touches, I, I think that there's a very real chance that he could finish as the RB1. Facts. <laughs> like, and you know what? I don't
0: see why not. Because they're going to want to... Look, the, everyone in the Jets knows. They've now put a, in Zach Wilson in a situation to succeed. They've done the best they could. They added defense. They added offense. That offensive line, which finished 11th overall in the PFF rankings to end the year. Added Lake and Tomlinson... Which who's who a, a stud guard, you know, not the best O line, but McKay, a good. Becton could stay healthy for once. That's the next factor. Yeah,
2: Becton's a beast, man.
0: But we're talking about a much improved offense. We're talking about a much improved, and one of the reasons why is because Brees Hall is going to get the ball so many times. The Jets drafted up to do that to to get Brees Hall, like traded they traded up to get the first running back overall in the draft. Like, think about that. Like, would would a team? Trade up to get the first overall quarterback in the draft and not play them? Would a team trade up to get the first overall wide receiver in the draft and not play them? Would a team trade up to get the first overall tight end in the draft? No, the answer is no to all of those. So, why would the answer be no to the running back position where they always play in their rookie season? And it's the only position where rookie success is kind of guaranteed. Like, you're better off being younger at the running back position. So it's not like you're waiting there for three years most of the time. Kind I of, of guaranteed. Hall, top five.
1: Kind of guaranteed, actually, is is true. Because they just get force-fed so often. Like, we saw Trent Richardson have a yeah, no, successful I mean, fantasy Tim,
2: season. There There's nuances to that, but Tim is on, has a very good point, where you see success above their expectation because they're – especially in a position where a team moved up to get one Um, and not really a hot take, but like, I think James cook's going to get more touches than people think for all the people that are like negative and down on James cook. I think he's actually going to have a real role, but for the same thing. Yeah. To agree with Tim, it's, they moved up to put him in a position to see volume. And you see that so often with rookies, whether they're good or not is you force feed a guy for an entire season to kind of quote unquote, see what you have. Like And you can't see what you have with the running back position unless you're giving them 15-plus touches a game. It's one of those things where they can, you know, you wear a guy down or you wear a defense down over a game, and then that's when your run game becomes, wow, we need a Brees Hall because now we can't move the fucking ball to run the clock out. So those matter for fantasy, and I do think he's going to see a lot of volume.
1: I mean, Najee Harris last year had 380 touches, and by all means— he was not a very good running back last year, no, no matter what stat you look at, no. besides volume. He's garbage. <laughs> yeah, he was yeah. just the straight up like RB three overall. Yeah, not a good running back really last year. And I don't want to jump to conclusions because no. like and that was a, that maybe was a team. he could take a step up in year two, and, but it was a it wasn't from, a good overall
2: season from Harris. It was bad. It was bad at every efficient standpoint. For the haters that are going to come at me on social media, like he also played behind a bad O-line. And efficiency right. is definitely affected by how much room you have in front of you.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a factor.
2: James Robinson played behind one of the worst O-lines in the NFL in his rookie season. He was an undrafted free agent and finished with 300 yards over expectation more than Najee Harris did in his rookie season. So there's something to be said about that. Yeah. I want to tell you this. And something I that's, don't like Najee.
0: <laughs> something that's like super... Not a fan
2: either. I find it hilarious that he
1: gets drafted in, like, the top five but in, that's like, why. Dynasty startups. Uh, it's but blows my mind. it's, it's why, volume.
2: Though? Volume is king. That's right. So, Still,
1: I'm not I'm not banking on that guy as my number one player in a Dynasty league. Like, I, if you're drafting Najee Harris over someone like Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase, then leave the room.
0: <laughs> it's important to note, too, that when we're talking about these guys, we're not just talking about these guys and their talents. We're talking about their situations as well. So when we're talking about Najee Harris, we're talking about Najee This was Najee Harris plus the Steelers' O-line, plus the Steelers' defense, Plus the Steelers quarterback, plus, the, like, that was. And can you say that the 2021 Steelers are that much better than 2021 22 Jets? Can you say that
2: offensively? No, you yeah. can't. absolutely not. You
0: can't say that. No, so you know, th- that's what I'm saying. And I'm gonna tell you some guys right now that are going before Bre- Brees Hall that I would 100% draft before uh, after Brees Hall. I would draft Brees Hall over Ezekiel Elliott. I would. You draft
1: Hall over Zeke.
0: Yes, I draft him over Cam Akers easily. I draft him over Javante Williams easily. I draft him over Antonio Gibson. Um, I, tra- I draft him easily over J.K. Dobbins.
1: Interesting.
0: And I, and I think I would Jim, consider. I, mean, I would <laughs> consider drafting him over DeAndre Swift. I don't think I'd,
1: I. I no, wouldn't take him. That, over that would probably be my Swift, line right there. Swift. I don't think I'll Swift.
2: I think I and think Javante. Man, too. I, I still feel rough about, but. The guys I'm yeah, taking I over would definitely him, draft him before I would definitely draft him um before Zeke. The, the yeah. guys I'm taking
0: over him are Jonathan Taylor, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon, Najee Harris, Nick Chubb, not Kamara, Alvin Kamara, Leonard Fournette, mm. maybe Saquon Barkley. Maybe. So you're taking maybe I, I Saquon, but not little...
2: maybe Zeke? Yes. I, I just, I just, I I'm might not, even be higher on Brees than you then.
0: I'm not interested in, really. There you go. I'm not even, I'm not interested in Zeke at the moment. Like, I, I I would rather have a, the upside chance on Hall. Well, Tim, than you're go talking about
1: Zeke. redraft. I'm talking about redraft currently. currently.
2: Talking yeah. about this season. I
0: would hope. Yeah. This season. This season. Number one. Yeah, this yeah. Season.
2: yeah. I mean, without a question, you're drafting Brees before Zeke in Dynasty. You're yeah, probably yeah. drafting Brees wow. before half that list in Dynasty. Yeah, you just yeah. you
1: made a Matt. You had a Dynasty hot take, so
0: I want to remind the people that we're talking redraft. This yeah. is a hot
2: take, so I will it's say true. this. I will we say are this. Redraft focus pod.
0: This is this is my hot take. So my hot take is my top five: Jonathan Taylor, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Brees Hall. That's I'm, a list. I'm I'm knocking off the De- David Derek Henry. I'm sorry, Derek. Don't beat me up just because i want to see him stay healthy. Interesting. Very
2: interesting. If he stays healthy, he could definitely beat you up either way though. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know what? I change <laughs> I'm I'm
0: scared so i change it to top 6. it's going to be top 6. Put Derrick Henry back in there.
2: <laughs> All right. Uh last Just a, a fear of getting stiff. Yeah, just
0: just a, a complete fear. Yo, Matt, i've said this on the podcast a 100 times but i, I don't know if you've heard it. Have you ever seen Derrick Henry's high school stats?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I yeah,
0: 100%. Good. If because I, I, all of you people that are out there, if you have never seen Derrick Henry's high school stats, put this on pause. Although we're gonna wrap it up soon, so maybe not yet. Maybe wait till we're done, and then please go search them up because they are out of this world. You would think inhuman. he played quarterback. You would think he played quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and offensive line. <laughs> like this guy was yeah. literally the entire team. No, it's.
2: His numbers, uh, if you don't look at, like, what the source are, if you're just looking at the counting stats, it literally looks like a high school quarterback. He's got, like, 4,000 yards and 40 touchdowns.
0: It's ridiculous. Um, Anyway, uh, just have, to, just have to shake that off again. Matt, you are up. All right. Last hot take. Send us off with a bang kid.
2: Well, I swear that we didn't, like, converse on these hot takes before, but I'm kind of piggybacking off you, but with the negative spin on it. I don't think any of the rookie wide receivers finish in the top 12. And people may say that's not that of a hot take, but we've seen we had Justin Jefferson. We had Jamar chase. We have people saying that there's a chase level talent in this class with Drake London. We have people that say Garrett Wilson is a top 12 dynasty wide receiver. Both of them are top 12 on keep trade cut. I don't think – and I, you guys know, I love these rookie receivers. Uh, there are a lot of rookie receivers in this class that I'm enamored with that I think are going to be legitimate NFL producers, not knockaway studs like JJ or, or Chase, but legitimate, consistent NFL producers that you're going to want to have on your dynasty roster. I don't think that you're going to want to have them on there this year. Interesting.
0: Cool. Yeah, very, very interesting. I just
2: – i think there's a changing of the guard that we kind of touched upon in a a a moving of the leaf so to speak um with the running backs and with quarterbacks in the nfl i don't feel like that's come to the apex with wide receivers yet meaning i still think keenan allen stefan diggs Devontae adams cooper cup uh the list goes on those guys are still going to produce top 12 seasons yeah it's, it's and so that that doesn't leave much room for a guy like Garrett Wilson or Drake London in his first year, even if they see 130 targets to be able to produce that number, because it's, it's just the process of development and it's the process of, you know, that the, the old has to leave for the new to be ushered in and the wide receivers that are aging are not in a position where they're declining like the running backs, like the quarterbacks, where their play is being affected by how long they've spent in the league. Like Devontae Adams had his arguably is the best year of his career at 29 years old.
1: Yeah. It's uh... so
2: it's just going to be, it's, it's really not a detriment to the rookies themselves, but more of a, you know, a kudos to the guys that are sticking around and still putting up. These record-breaking numbers year after year, when we would have written these players off in the past because they're 30, they're 31.
0: I think it's interesting too to to look at, you know, the young guys. What kind of situation they went into? Because when you're talking about the, there was five wide receivers taking the first round, right? Five, Uh, but you're looking at Drake six six wide receivers. Drake London goes to a quarterback. Who knows quarterback situation? Mariota. Yeah, you know. But I'm just saying I'm not. I'm not not gonna, great. Not great. Yeah. Garrett Wilson, second year quarterback, not great. Um, Jamison Williams gonna miss half the season. He's playing with Jared Goff. Not great. Chris Olave playing with Jameis Williams, and you don't know what's going on with his. James Winston. James Winston, excuse me. James you know, Winston. And, yeah. and you don't know what's going on with that Saints offense. Not great. Traylon Burks, he's probably in the best situation there is, but you know it's a pass. Yep. For, you know it's a pass. First team. Um, run who, first team. Run first team, excuse me. Who who am I who am I missing? <laughs> Of the wide receiver, Jahan Dotson. Jahan Dotson is playing for you know the Carson Wentz led Commanders. As so, it's with it's, Terry McLaurin there, right? With Terry McLaurin. So it's it's not great situations for any of these guys when you get into the second round. If some of these well first round wide receivers landed in the second round wide receiver spots, like Christian Watson to the Packers or Sky Moore to the Chiefs, if some of those uh, panned out that way. Then we'd be looking at something completely different or or like George Pickens going to the Steelers. If that was Garrett Wilson and everyone would be losing their mind. So I think that there is, you know, there's that there's to be said about that as well. So I think, uh, yeah. Did you know what I just realized, yeah. Matt, we, we, the didn't... way that
2: you broke that down is like, it's not as hot as I thought, <laughs> No, yeah, but I think... I think, I think there's like an unreasonable expectation for rookie wide receivers, the same way that we've had that expectation for rookie running backs, because we saw Justin Jefferson and Jamar chase right. step into positions where they were immediately top five producing redraft wide receivers. Right. And you're not going to get that this year. So for anybody that's looking to get like a steal and value when you're staring down Garrett Wilson in the fifth round because his ADP is propped up from some really nice training camp videos, you should probably pass.
0: Rookie fever is a real thing, ladies and gentlemen. Rookie fever is a real thing. Um, That is all. Um, We're going to sign out after those hot takes. we got to get hot in here. Um, Before I go, I just want to give a um, rest in peace to the victims of the Buffalo shooting um, that happened this weekend. Absolutely freaking senseless and it's the type of thing situation where I, we can't be, I can't believe that we have to deal with this stuff uh still um while I'm alive. I remember when I was a little kid uh I I told people about a world where everyone is one color because there's going to be just everyone's going to be together and it's going to be the world going along that eventually generations down the line race would be a thing of the past. And um I'm still hoping that that's the case. Um uh, but you know we're we're definitely not in that time right now. Uh so you know to to the people lost and their families, our prayers go out to you, and for the people affected by it, uh, whether you are part of that community or whether you just feel for that community, um, you know, res- respect and 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 well wishes to you and uh, and there's if you want to help, there is a way to help uh, right now on the fantasy football by Broto app Twitter, which is FF by Broto. It's also retweeted by uh, the podcast uh, Twitter, which is at Broto Fantasy. And our personal twinners, at Tim Patrop, at uh, Mike Patrop, and at Psych Ward FF. No, at Broto FF Mike and at- Oh, shit. That's right. <laughs> I'm not that even thinking. Gracious. You got mine right. Yeah, I got yours right. Uh, those are our old ones. But um, no, or the, yeah, those are our old ones. Anyway, um, at Broto but, FF Tim, yes. at Broto FF Mike. Um, you can go there and uh, a friend, well, the sister of a friend of mine made this dope like art piece. That's 100% a one of one. It's like a Wookie in a Bills uniform. And it's got like Allen and Diggs for president patch on the side. And it's just a really cool thing. It's made with vinyl. It's like a really cool art piece. It's one of one. So you can put it up. And if you're part of the Bills Mafia or if Josh Allen or Stefan Diggs won you a championship, uh, it's a cool piece. And every single penny is being donated to the victims of the shooting. So go check that out. And you can get, you, you can kind of like, you know, you can go donate and if that's what you want to do, or you can donate and have the same exact effect, plus get us like a super cool art piece. So um, you know, if you if you're so inclined to do that, please do. Um and yeah, uh Mac, where can they find you?
2: You find me on all social media platforms at Psych ward FF, whether it be Twitter, Instagram, I got a Facebook up too that nobody ever checks out. But yeah, at Psych ward FF, wherever you're looking.
0: Michael? At Broad F F Mike. And I am BrotoFFTim, Tim, I've been told. Um Jason at Brotoff F Jason. Don't forget at BrotoFantasy on Twitter. Cass at Brotoff F On Instagram. And on TikTok. Tiki Toki. Tiki Toki. The clock goes. Goodbye. Later. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm saying.